0: You're listening to the Let's Be Real podcast.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Andy Hughes and Denise Russo.
2: For the first time in Let's Be Real history, we have two guests on the same podcast. Alongside Denise Russo, I'm Andy Hughes, and we're happy to be joined by two inspirational individuals who have positively impacted thousands of people. Combined, they have well over 40 years of experience in leadership and have both written best-selling books. In May 2021, they released an amazing book called Do What Matters Most, Lead with the Vision, Manage with the Plan, Prioritize Your Time. In addition to their books, they also travel around the world to train and coach companies in association with the Becoming Your Best Global Leadership Company. We're extremely grateful to welcome Steve Schallenberger and his son Rob Schallenberger to the Let's Be Real podcast. Steve and Rob, thanks again for joining us. How are you today?
1: Our oh, fabulous. First of all, thank you so much for having us, Andy and Denise. Uh, We, you know, we had the chance to visit with Denise and some of her team and what an amazing group of people. So to all of those at SAP, thank you for, you know, bringing us into your lives for a few minutes. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So thank you for doing this, Andy and, and Denise.
2: Absolutely. We're we're really thrilled to have you. And um, we, we appreciate you spending some time with SAP, as I know it added a lot of value to the teams that we have here. Um, and it's kind of cool that both of you are on this podcast together. I, I listened to um, one of the Becoming Your Best podcasts where both of you were on. And with Father's Day coming up, this is just a perfect time to talk to you both. Have you guys been on a podcast together
1: before? Or is this uh, maybe a first? <laughs> You know, I think this is the first time we've ever been on a podcast where it's both of us on at the same time. So uh, yeah, a lot of firsts here on this, on this podcast.
3: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So Rob, my dad has been one of the greatest influencers as well as cheerleaders and mentors for me in business and in life. And I know you and I have had an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, the love that you have for your dad. What's one lesson that your dad taught you that has helped you throughout your life?
1: Yeah, you know, that that's a tough answer, because how do you narrow it down to just one, right? <laughs> uh, I remember early on, Denise, in high school, that was a tough time for me. I didn't have a lot of direction. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about having a personal vision now. I certainly did not have a personal vision at that point in my life. I was 16 years old, and I didn't even know if I was going to graduate from high school at that point. And, you know, I don't know if anyone else can relate to those tough teenage years, but that's where I was at. And... One of the things I loved about my dad is he knew that ideas are like seeds. In other words, if we want to have an idea grow and develop, it needs to be planted. And he continuously put us in situations where seeds could be planted. And that didn't happen by accident. And, you know, fortunately, some of those seeds did take root, if you will, and and they grew. And I give him and my mom the credit for that. Uh, The other thing, you know, right along with that same concept is I remember he paid me when I was 16, right, in this tumultuous time in my life, he paid me $50 to read a book from Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's no coincidence that, you know, writing my one to two page book report for him to get my $50, it's no coincidence that, you know, my mind started to spin at that point in my life and started to ask questions like, well, what does this mean to me? You know, what happens if I do that? And it really became a pivot point in my life, you know, that experience as as well as some other things that happened, because he put me in those situations where seeds could be planted. Reading that book changed the course of my life. I realized at that point what an important habit that was. And so I give credit to him and my mom for putting me in situations where seeds could be planted, and that was not by accident. You know, talking with him now years later, I think they were hoping the same thing. They're thinking, oh, how do we help this kid? (laughs) Uh, but I really give them the credit for for sticking with me and putting me in those types of situations.
3: I love that. I love how you're talking about seeds being planted because you could put a seed in the ground and it never wanna come out of the dirt, but the whole purpose is to see it transform into something bigger and better. And so the next question I have is for you, dad. So Steve, as a parent, I'm a parent, Rob's a parent. We always want our kids to do what matters most as we watch them become their best in life. And so I know that we're recording this episode Uh, for let's be real around Father's Day and that was very intentional why we wanted you both to be here together you've written your books uh, as secular business books but with an underlying emphasis on your faith and you also wrote a book with your son like I said who's also a father so when you think of the word Father Steve some listeners may not have had a good relationship with their father or perhaps their father wasn't in their life for one reason or another what can you share about the word and the role of father?
0: Uh, okay, well, first of all, Denise, it's a delight to be with you. Uh, we just love Denise, her leadership, her example. And Andy, uh, thanks for making this all happen. You just kind of make it so easy and appreciate that. What a great question. Uh, and life can be a little rugged sometimes and people are raised in different generations. so. The dynamics between uh, a father and a child, or even grandparents. This, this is a huge interrelational type experience. So, uh, I, I guess a few things came to mind, Denise, as you brought that up. And and the fact is, the very same principles that we exercise or should in leading a team or an organization are the very same ones that help us be successful as a parent uh, and uh, live the golden rule, uh, you know, creating leadership. So I was just thinking about that Father's Day and it has these different dimensions. Uh, Rob, we have six children, five boys, and finally got a girl. Woohoo! <laughs> and, uh, you know, Rob was number one and full of vim and vigor. And so as We thought about this. I thought, well, first of all, as a parent, I need to be able to have trust with my children. And that is a deliberate act. And so go back and just think about this idea of leadership within an organization that creates excellence, uh, same dynamics as a parent or in a family. So trust is is a big one. And it's a, a unilateral decision. What can I do to create trust? Someone once said, that uh, your ability to influence another person is limited by the level of trust that they have with you. And that is so true. If there's low trust, it's really difficult to influence anyone. But if there's high trust, they're open to it. They wanna learn. And and so I think that was one. Another is certainly having uh, uh, guidelines and boundaries so they know what they are. And uh, I think another, was the one Rob just talked about is creating a vision that brings out the best, that helps them capture an idea within them, themselves so that they can bring out the best of their talents. And uh, then once that kind of gets you see it and it's ignited, which is so fun and you can you know throw out incentives to read good books. Or I remember one of the things we did, we were at uh, a 4th of July celebration we deliberately took our children there. So, cause we knew they had interest in aviation. And there was a flyover of four F-16s. You know how it goes. You may have been in a flyover before. It just kind of shakes everything, you know. And Rob and one of his brothers looked at each other and said, someday we're gonna fly those jets over this stadium. And that was the seed, you know, all of a sudden Rob said he'd been struggling. Well, now he had some serious motivation and uh, he, he went on his own power, then it became fun. And I would like to say one other thing about Rob, it's kind of unique to him. And that is that uh, uh, he probably recognized going through some of those rugged years in high school. That's why trust is so important in friendship. Cause that's where a parent needs to kind of provide support. And if there's a higher trust, I was thinking, what does he like to do and what can I do that creates that trust? Well, we kind of went through a crossroads and everything changed. He was about 16 or 17. And he, from that very point on uh, has been so considerate of us as parents mm-hmm. forever and ever. Uh, And, you know, when you're in a business together, I'm the president. He's the CEO. I mean, we're we're not necessarily passive. (laughs) And he's an F-16 pilot. (laughs) And so it takes applying these principles of being good listeners. Let me be sure I understand it. So especially if there's sparks that could fly. Let me be sure I've got this. when you're committed to principles, it makes it happen. But am I... So thrilled to see what Rob's done totally. Uh, And so uh, it's fun to work with him. I appreciate all that he contributes. There is one other thing that I'd like to respond to this question, Denise, if it's okay. Um, One of the things, uh, one of the big three high performance habits we talk about is doing pre-week planning. So you have vision, annual goals, which is kind of a ritual year in and year out, but then taking a few moments before the week starts and just thinking about your life and this week in the perspective or lens of your roles. And when you pause and do that, it helps you become the best in that role. And that's one of the things we all want to do. And and, and professionally, you know, I recommend people just say to themselves, or, or hopefully they have the desire, how can I be the best in the world at what I do. Well, when you think about that role, you can start thinking about that. And we were teaching a Pepsi executive executive group, very successful group. And one of the fellows executives put down under his role as father, uh, call my son. And I asked him, I said, so why is that a big deal? He says, well, because I haven't talked with my son in seven years. And I thought, holy smokes, what happened? And uh, he said, well, we are in an argument. We haven't spoken since. And I said, and so I noticed he had column. It was Wednesday at seven. (laughs) And and so I was going to go back six months later and teach this group again, follow up on this subject. And the first person I went to was this guy. I said, so did you call your son? He said, I sure did. He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, we could not remember what the argument was about.
2: Wow.
0: Wow. He said, we now talk every single week. And he said, it has changed my life. Hmm. Uh, I'm a better executive. I'm a better person. I'm happier. And this, so talking about Father's Day, sometimes things can go south. Uh, And I've seen this again, just last week, someone did the very same thing, mended a long time broken relationship. And so uh, being a parent takes some humility and taking the high road, that's leadership, it's doing the right thing. And so your comments, Denise, are so spot on that, uh, yeah, uh, these are timeless universal principles and they will have a powerful impact. What's interesting is frequently, they're also intergenerational because uh, this fellow found out he had two grandchildren he didn't know he had. Wow. Now they have a grandpa. And so it's just this little process of pausing and thinking about that role, because I've often, often thought, well, why didn't he call that son at year three or five? It's because he was too busy and he didn't pause and think about that role. so. I don't know if that's a helpful answer, but I love your question. Life is meant to be good and happy, and we want to be among the best. These are things that help us do it.
3: Wow, what a great story about family. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, in fact, Steve, you write a lot of books about business, but really what I'm sensing, because I've read at least two of them so far, is that they're really life books. And it's not about work-life balance. It's about balancing your life, and work just so happens to be a part of it. And Rob actually showed my team the cell phone video of the flyover in that stadium. And so my next question, Rob, is gonna be for you because I know it was such a proud moment for you, but I wanna touch on what dad said about family. You've had such a great career as a fighter pilot and advanced teammate for Air Force One. You've worked all over the world with foreign embassies, with the Secret Service, but yet you've also shared personal stories with me and my team about your love for your family. Your dad just also echoed that as well, but that includes your brother, of course, your dad and your wife and your kids. So Rob, for you as a father, if there's one thing that you could hope to leave as a legacy for your kids as a father to them, what would that one thing be?
1: You know, that's a good question, Denise. And, And I think it's just important to acknowledge too that with all the people listening, they're in different situations, right? Some may not be parents, some may be wanting to be parents and can't be, some aren't in a relationship yet. And so we're all at different stages. And really something my dad said is key. And that is what applies to parenthood applies in business as well. You know, leadership starts in our own lives. Leadership, we will either lead a life by design or live a life by default. So it really does start right here with us as individuals. And then it expands out into our home, you know, to whoever might be around us. And then it expands to our teams and the people we work with, whether it's at SAP or any other place. And So one of the things that I would hope to answer your question is, you know, whether this is our children or whether it's the people around me, I would hope people are able to apply the habits that we talk about and do what matters most. And it starts with having a personal vision that is compelling and meaningful to each one of us. I hope my children are able to develop a personal vision that is meaningful to them and gives them direction. I hope the exact same thing for my employees and team members that they can have a vision that's compelling to them, that in their role, that vision aligns with what they're doing in the company. And then I hope that our children can live a life, lead a life by design that will help them have an impact on the world. And you know you know this, Denise, you've been through the training, you know, the do what matters most training. But just like my dad mentioned, we invite people to divide their life into their five to seven roles that are most important to them. Personal self being the most important role. You know, We've got to take care of ourselves first. And then looking at those other roles whatever your current job title is if you are a parent parent you know if you're in a relationship partner or spouse and it's about developing a vision in each of those roles that is compelling to us What does the very best version of us look like in each of those roles and if our kids or our team members for that matter can do that and develop a vision for each role that is compelling and meaningful to them and then develop the other habits that will help them move towards becoming what they articulate in that vision then my hope is that they will make a difference in the world, that they will start by making a difference in their own lives, by taking care of themselves, that they'll show up for the people around them, that they'll show up in their job, in their communities, and that they can have a positive impact in the world. And and it really does, in my opinion, start with that idea of leading a life by design and having a personal vision that we can articulate and that is meaningful to us. And, you know, as parents, we're in this together. You can't fire a son or daughter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so we're doing our best to help them instill these habits and these principles. And sometimes it works well, and sometimes it doesn't. And we keep going when it doesn't. And that's part of leadership. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Rob, I love what you were saying about applying habits based on things that have meaning in your life, because things that may have meaning to us may not be the same things that others have meaning for their lives. And so when you were talking about leading a life by design or living a life by default, I mean that's probably the signature quote I took out of the out of the book do what matters most and in our time together. So what do we tell the listeners, Rob, who struggle with doing what matters most for themselves when they're challenged with doing things that matter the most to others, especially at work when your calendar is not always your own?
1: Yeah, and you know what? There's going to be this is why the book Do What Matters Most Denise is so important. You know, each one of us has a current mindset and skill set where we are today, right? And every one of us can only perform at the level of our current mindset and skill set. So uh, to some degree, we're limited by that. On the other hand, there's an opportunity for every one of us to grow that mindset and grow the skill set so that we can grow our own capacity to lead our lives. And to answer your question, there will be things that will be out of our control, if you will. You know, there's going to be certain things. You know, if we work in customer service, we know that there's a certain amount of time where we're answering calls or 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 doing things that other people are putting on our schedule. Uh, We have a dentist who's a coaching client. Well, he only has control of a certain amount of his day. The other part of his day, he has scheduled appointments all through the day. And that varies. So your question is a good question. Well, how do you balance that? And this whole idea of leading life by design is key because in our research, we found that a person that has a significant personal issue in their life will be 47% less productive in the workplace.
0: Mm.
1: And I think we've all been that person at some point in our life, haven't we? Where, you know, we had an argument with a spouse or there was a run-in with a son or daughter, or, you know, we had a significant personal health issue, uh, whether it was, you know, exercise or anxiety or whatever. We've all been that person that had something. And we know how, you know, these lines between work and personal life are blurred. (laughs) In other words, they, they very much overlap with each other. And so the three habits that we talk about and do what matters most, will do exactly that, Denise. We know that there are things that we can't control. We call those Q1 and Q3 in the book. Mm -hmm. The whole intent is that we move our lives intentionally to Q2 in the places where we can. Mm -hmm. And there are certainly places in the workplace where we can do things proactively that otherwise most people wouldn't do reactively. Mm -hmm. Let me give you this example of how simple something might be. You know, so we may say, let's say we work in a call center. We may say from the moment we walk in, we're answering calls. It's very reactive all day long. Okay, that's a true statement. But by going through the three habits and do what matters most and looking at your different roles and having a vision, roles and goals and doing pre-week planning. And my dad alluded to pre-week planning. I think it's important that we talk about that at some point today. And you know how important that is, Denise, that habit of pre-week planning. So a person that intentionally looks at their different roles to identify what matters most each week can proactively think about what can I do this week versus what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. There's a big difference in thinking that way. And in our research, we found that 68% of people feel like prioritizing their time is their number one challenge. That's a big statement. And 80% of the same people surveyed didn't have a process to prioritize their time outside of sticky notes and to-do lists. Mm-hmm. But you're inherently reactive. So just take the example of pre-week planning that my dad talked about. And then it's, you know, imagine that it's a, a person at SAP. If they're taking their role that week, in conjunction with the other roles, say as parent, you know, spouse, personal, neighbor, friend, etc., what can I do this week in that role that would make a difference, that's important, that's what we call Q2? You know what? Let's say I work in a call center at SAP. Well, it feels very reactive during the day, but what can I do? Hmm. What if I was to write a note to the person next to me telling him how much I appreciate them and what a great team member they are? Mm-hmm. What if I was to bring in donuts for the team? See, that kind of stuff is very proactive and doesn't happen unless we're intentional about it. And the same exact thing applies in our role as parent and spouse and especially taking care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so... I agree hundred percent, Denise. There are a lot of Q1 and Q3 things that are thrust upon us, you know, that we can't control in the daily work schedule. But there are a lot of things that we can control to lead that life by design that we're talking about. And it's the three habits and do what matters most that will empower us to think about what we can do versus what we quote unquote have to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference in thinking. And that's why, you know, people look at you differently or they look at a person differently when they start applying these habits. They say, what's different? What's changed about you? And you've already seen this, right, Denise? With some of the people on the team, as they say, I'm thinking in ways that I didn't think before. Mm-hmm. And that will happen with every one of us.
3: Yeah, I love that, Rob. It's about intentional living. And I love what you're talking about, can do versus have to do. And it's just maybe a little tweak in your mind. I've been taking all the questions or asking all <laughs> the questions. So Andy, I wanna pass it over to you. Uh,
2: uh. No, no, that's okay. No this, is, no, this has been a great discussion. And I, I kind of wanna just touch on the, the, the pre-week planning and setting your, your, your goals and your roles for the year, those two were, were both things that really resonated with me, um, Rob, just because I feel like, you know, sometimes we do, we just, you know, we say we're, we're busy and I think setting the roles was, was definitely a new concept for me. You know, it's just like a different mindset because yes, you know, I have a job, but I'm also a husband. Um, you know, I'm a friend, you know, there's a lot of different roles that I can write out that I wasn't really setting goals for, you know, I was just kind of focusing on work and, you know, obviously being a a good husband, but, you know, there's just, there's also so many other things that I I could have been more proactive with. And and the example that you shared, Steve, about, you know, the person that didn't um, speak with their, their kid for seven years. I mean, that that's unbelievable. I would imagine that, you know, having these discussions with, different people, it has to be really rewarding um, for you guys, just, just to know that, you know, you're having that kind of impact. So, you know, for me, that was really, it just really resonated with me because as you said, Rob, it's just, it's a mindset. And if you really start applying these habits, it, it can
1: really go a long way. Can yeah. we just very briefly talk about pre-planning? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. My dad alluded to it, but since we've mentioned it several times, just maybe take two minutes—is that all right? Just to put it in the context of what pre-week planning is. Sure, definitely. So hey, Rob, my Rob,
3: before you do that as well, I want to. There's three habits that you mentioned in the book, so why don't we just give you an opportunity to talk about the pre-week planning, personal vision, and the roles and the goals, and give you the platform to talk about that.
1: Okay, and then my dad can expand it. Would that be all right? I think it's a good time to put that in the context because we're using all these terms, but we really haven't (laughs) put them in context yet. Um, So in the book, Do What Matters Most, the promise of the book is it will increase productivity by 30 to 50%. And that when a person applies these habits, that they will do an extra 800 to 1,000 things this year that otherwise wouldn't have happened and all with less stress. So it could be a note to a son or daughter. It could be a date night. It could be bringing donuts to the team. You know, it could be going to lunch with a team member. Every one of these is important in its own right. So the three habits are number one, to have a written personal vision, which less than 2% of people have ever done. We've thought about it. You know, we have these intentions in the back of our minds, but it's about taking that and developing a vision for each of the five to seven key roles in your life. Having a written personal vision is habit number one. Habit number two, less than 10% of people have done and that is to have roles and goals for the year. So the same concept, you have a vision for each role, which is high level. It's the very best version of yourself that you can come up with in that role. And in the book, we walk a person through how to do it. Because we've all heard this a million times, right? Find your purpose, find your why, connect with that passion. But nobody ever talks about how to do it. And so that's habit number one, is how do you develop a written personal vision that is meaningful? Habit number two is now connecting it down to this year, through roles and goals. So it's to have roles and goals. In other words, what are one to four specific measurable goals per role that will move us towards accomplishing our vision? And we don't ever use the words, you know, more or better. We avoid the daily goals. So there's a real skill set to writing a goal in a way that sets a person up for success. It actually gets you excited rather than fearful (laughs) about the goal. And, you know, people generally in all of the organizations we've worked with, are familiar with setting goals professionally you know we've all set a lot of professional goals but just like you said andy as soon as you start thinking about your other roles that becomes a whole new world for most people and you think wait wait a second i haven't really set a role or set goals in the role of parent before or you know in the role of spouse and especially personally and the third habit and we can expand on this the most important habit of all of them is pre-week planning because this is what connects it down to the daily and weekly level and pre-week planning is the habit that will empower someone to schedule their priorities rather than prioritize their schedule. And that's a real difference in thinking. And the way that most people do it is they take 20 to 45 minutes on the weekend. They sit down with either are Becoming Your Best Planner or, you know, a Google calendar, whatever you use, and just go through four simple steps. And my dad alluded to these. And it's number one is to review your vision and goals. By doing that, you're doing what only 1% of people do by reviewing your vision and goals weekly. Number two is to look at your life through the five to seven roles. So write those roles. Number three is to ask yourself, what can you do that matters most this week in each of those roles? That's Q2. That's proactive thinking rather than reactive thinking. That's why people get so engaged in the workforce when they do pre-week planning because they're thinking about what they can do. And the fourth step is very simple. It's to assign a time to each of those action items. So if you say I'm gonna bring donuts for the team, well, when? Wednesday morning. If I'm gonna take an employee to lunch, when? You know, Thursday at lunch. My dad's example with the Pepsi executive, call my son, when? Wednesday at seven o'clock. So it's important to have a time for each of those. And that's it. Those three habits less than 1% of people do together. And they are totally life-changing when there's a consistency and they're applied together. So when we say the three habits for do what matters most, that's exactly it, Denise and Abby. It's to have a written personal vision, your roles and goals for the year, and then be consistent every week with the habit of pre-week planning. And together, those habits will create a chemistry of excellence. So I hope that was helpful to put those in context of the discussion. We can certainly go into more detail on any of those, uh, but now now there's at least a context to those habits that we keep referring to.
2: Mm -hmm. No, Yeah, thank you for going over those. And I you know, the, the pre-week planning is definitely something that, um, you know, I've, I've started to do now just for, for all of the roles that I have, because, you know, as you just alluded to, Rob, um, you know, sometimes you are in those situations where you're, you're kind of prioritizing your schedule and you're not really, um, making commitments to certain things that, that you want to do. Um, sometimes we just think we're, you know, we're too busy. So, um, When coaching people with pre-week planning um, and and kind of taking that approach, um, what type of results have you seen? Because I would have to imagine that that would be super impactful. I know Steve had had alluded to another example previously, but I would have to imagine that that's that's a game changer for so many people.
0: It is, and we hear that all the time, Andy. I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, when there's, it's a difference of night and day. When you think about this, uh, these are high performance habits. And uh, someone once asked, well, uh, okay, what what do I need to do to form a habit? (laughs) And people give us all kinds of answers. Okay, well, you got to do it for 21 days or you got to do it for six weeks. Or the answer is, drum roll, is that you need to do something 62 to 65 times Before, it is a habit. And uh, I love David Thoreau. He said, just like uh, walking on the earth, you can't make a new pathway walking one time. But when you walk it over and over and over again, it makes a defined pathway. That's the way it is in our minds. When you do something, it creates a neural pathway. But when you do it, turns out it's 62 to 65 times it creates a new way of doing things. So this is not complicated really. Once you have your vision and it is so inspiring, it's like Denise said, it's your life, you're unique and special. And, and I, we love SAP for a lot of reasons, but great people make great teams and great companies. And that's one of the things we feel in SAP, you have really great people. But the challenge is, is this whole idea of how do we continue to make our good better and our better best. So once you have your vision, it defines the direction you wanna go of greatness that only we can do. And then the annual goals is what will I do this year to make it the best year ever in each of those roles because I'll never have 2021 again. And how does that look? And then of course, what really where the rubber meets the road is pausing during the weekend, doing what Rob just talked about and considering what it looks like for each role and then sketching out the week. Now that 20 or 30 minutes is a gold standard because what happens uh, It's what you just said, Andy, it is transformational because when Monday morning comes, not only now have you considered living a life in balance, uh, and in a way that brings happiness and peace and focus and confidence. But when you have a plan and you see it and you've thought about it, you say, okay, am I ready to go? Monday morning, you're both enabled and ready to have a great week. And that is what is the changer. And imagine when you have a leader that has done that kind of preparation, what impact that, that has on a team or if you have a team member that's done that and they're performing at higher levels. So it's it's fun. And when right. you do that, it's really fun. And, and so all you have to do to all our wonderful SAP associates and friends, 52 weeks, do pre-week planning and then look back and
1: say, how do I feel now? <laughs> yeah, can I build on that real quick? Absolutely. Would that be all right. You know, I love what my dad just said right there. We would invite you to redo what matters most and apply the three habits and see what impact it has on your life at the end of the year. And ask yourself if you're not a better leader, if you're not a better employee, a better parent, a better spouse. And most importantly, if you're not showing up for yourselves in ways that you haven't before. Taking care of your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, spiritual health, you know, these different areas of our lives. And I'll just share two brief examples. Uh, there was a company that went through this Do What Matters Most training in Southern California, and there was an employee, a team member, who she would consider herself prior to to be a very average producing team member. That's what she would label herself as. She had never applied these habits before. You know, like most people, she thought about them, but never really applied them. So once she developed her vision of what that looked like in her role, once she developed a vision in her role as parent, she had several kids at home and spouse, and personally, she had this fire and this passion been ignited within her that wasn't there before. Then she needed to articulate what does her goals or targets look like in each of those roles. And then she had to be committed to pre-planning and asking herself, what could she do that week in each of those roles? Well, here's what happened. And I'm going to kind of use a before and after example is, and she, you know what, she's representative of all of us. We all have different challenges. and I think we could all acknowledge that, right? There's different areas of our lives that we could all focus on. Prior to doing that, her day looked like this. She'd show up at work. She said she'd go through the motions. You know, she wasn't really that engaged. At lunch, she'd go to the lunchroom. She'd hang out, participate in the local gossip, <laughs> eat whatever, and then go back to work. When she'd get home, she'd generally walk in, feel exhausted, and watch TV for three hours and then rinse and repeat each day. And that was her schedule. Well, after applying the habits, it all changed. So here's what her new Schedule looked like after doing pre week planning, she'd identify things that she could do in her role that she wasn't doing before. You know, to Denise's point earlier, a lot of things were given to her, but she started to consciously think about things that she could do that she hadn't been doing before. And so she started to engage in new exciting ways. Her supervisor's like, what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing that's different? And she told them about pre week planning and the training. Well, during lunch, rather than going in the lunchroom, she started going on a 45 minute walk and listening to audiobooks she started making her own meals, you know, a lot more conscious about what she was eating. When she got home, she had way more energy than she had ever had previously. And because of pre-week planning, she had already had things planned into what she was going to do for her kids, what she was going to do with her spouse that night. And most importantly, she had time for herself, whether it was a walk or yoga or whatever it was. At the end of that month, in fact, she fast forward three months later, she had lost between 45 to 60 pounds, which for her was a really big deal. She said that was life-changing for me. Her supervisor said that she has now moved up in the top 10% of all team members in the entire division. She's one of the most contributing people in the entire area right now, you know, of the company, that floor. Her husband and her had a, a relationship they hadn't had for years. She was engaged with her children in ways that they hadn't been. And What changed? Well, first of all, what changed was her mindset, her willingness, right? And then, second, she had a new skill set by developing her vision, her goals, and her targets, what that looked like. And then, the active, active pre week planning every week changed who she was as a mother. It changed the way she showed up for herself, it transformed the way she showed up for her team. And that happens across the board. So, there are stories from CEOs, managers, and people all over the world that have applied these habits and had equally impactful experiences. And my last comment, Andy, is this. As a leader or a manager, we've got to be particularly vigilant with our time. Because if we're in reactive mode all day throughout the day, our team by de facto will be as well. And that's what we call Q1. So we as leaders, if we're not organized, if we don't have our priorities planned, by de facto, our team will as well be in the same boat. Because we'll do this all day long. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And our team may have been working on something important. We just disrupted them, and we put them in quadrant one, which is very reactive. And that will limit performance and productivity. So we as leaders have got to be in queue to ourselves and have organization and leading our lives so that we can effectively then lead our teams as well. Well, that's, that's-
3: I mean, this is really not magic, right? This is common sense, just not commonly applied. And you've talked a lot today about habits, about mindset, about will, about strengthening those neural pathways, about your ability to show up for your team in ways that you want them to show up as well. We started Let's Be Real as a way to have a creative outlet for continuous growth and learning for our leaders. And Steve, this question is going to be for you. In your book, you said when you increase in learning and education, you increase your ability to act and you have a chance to improve your circumstances. And so I'm curious if you could share with the listeners why that's true.
0: Uh, Okay, that's uh, terrific, uh, Denise. And uh, Andy, thanks for that previous question that got us into that wonderful discussion. Uh, Well, that is the whole purpose of why we're here together, which is it's a spirit, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. Well, that's the mindset, right? And as we have that, the real question is, how do we raise the bar in our life? How do we, uh, the world is changing at such a rapid pace and whatever we did yesterday is almost insufficient for tomorrow. And so we have to really keep this whole process of learning going. And so as we read books, as we listen to podcasts, as we go to conferences, we uh, are so dedicated to just getting new ideas, it gives us this capacity to find solutions and to find excitement about life. And how can we apply these things to become our best? And so it is one saying, Uh, I know SAP is this way. I mean, they wanna be the best in the world at what they do. Well, it's the people that makes it that way, right? And so as we work on being the best at what we do, uh, it gives us new options, new ideas and new vitality. Uh, So I I think, uh, Denise, it's really a commitment and a confidence that as we learn, As we gain new ideas, it gives us the ability to be better and solve new problems we hadn't even thought of before. One of my friends from 35 years ago, uh, I think uh, Andy, he was from Pennsylvania.
2: Uh, All right. There we go.
0: (laughs) Charlie Tremendous Jones. (laughs) He was a great guy. And he said in... Five years from now, you will be the same person you are today, except for two things the people you meet and the books you read. Hmm. And so, we want to be sure to put around in our lives people that are wonderful and progressive and getting after it, but at the same time, also taking responsibility to ourselves to engage around good books and all these learning capacities. Is that helpful? <laughs> it
3: is. So Steve, you said the people that you meet, we're so glad to have met you both today. What's a favorite book on your bookshelf?
0: Oh, you mean besides Becoming Your Best?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and not do what matters most either.
0: Oh my goodness, there's so many. I've got to confess, I love Louis L'Amour and Texas and you know Western novels. Okay. I have listened to so many. They have great, you know, basic values of life. That's just a fun sidelight but they apply over here. Oh, um, I do love one of my favorites. There's a whole bunch. Uh, is the greatest salesman in the world by Og Mandino. Uh, I also like uh, the richest man in Babylon, which just is a folksy way to teach principles of finance. Uh, all of these. Um, uh, I, we bribed our children with $50 to read because we knew they're, and I love all those, the magic of thinking big, these old ones, but there's so many contemporary ones. One I read recently on forgiving. Mm. So, uh, I think you both had asked about this and you scheduled, uh, you know, let's get real around. It's, it's in the time of father's, you know, father's day, uh, and, uh, there. uh, It was a book written by, uh, let's see, uh, Desmond Tutu and his daughter on forgiving Mm -hmm. Uh, and how important of a factor that is in life, that we're forgiving. Mm -hmm. And if you have a broken relationship, for heaven's sakes, don't wait three, five, or seven years. Let's fix it this week. That's Mm -hmm. leadership. Uh, So I kind of like all these different books and some that are fun, but some are serious. I have a stack right there. I'm working on, I like inspirational books with quotes and, you know,
1: inspirational thoughts. Those are helpful. <laughs> can I mention, can awesome. I mention one thing on this, Denise? Yes, please. This is, when you talk about reading, that's a fascinating topic. And we invite people to come up with a reading goal in their personal role for the year. Because what we've found is the best leaders are also readers. And there's something about being engaged and constantly learning that you see amongst the very best leaders. You know, there's Mm -hmm. this voracious appetite for learning. And there's also, there's this humility of saying, you know what, I don't have it all. I don't have it all figured out. We Mm -hmm. all have blind spots. And the act of reading and being a voracious learner as a leader will help remove some of those blind spots and help us see things in a way that we didn't before. Mm -hmm. Especially if we're humble enough to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. I'm constantly learning. and on this topic of reading, 43% of college graduates will never read another book the rest of their life.
3: Mm.
1: Well, 80% of households, at least in the United States, did not invest in a single book last year. And so this is, again, something that is, you know, very intentional. It's easy for it to slip through the habit, you know, the cracks. And almost always, if someone's in a lull or kind of in a funk in their life, if you will, and we've all been there, one of the first questions I'll ask them is, what books are you reading right now? hmm and almost always the answer is, well, you know what? I'm not really reading right now. Mm. And so if we really want to show up as leaders and if we want to show up for ourselves, and this is an important goal and part of our lives that we can incorporate through pre-week planning and our roles and goals is what books are we reading and when are we making time to do it? Because mm-hmm. our mind is a muscle and we need to be exercising that muscle.
3: So let's see if we can up that percent for people to be better readers by talking about two really important books that you have. So Rob, this is the last question from me for today. You taught me and my team a few weeks ago about the principles and tactical action steps and accountability, just like you've shared with us here today about doing what matters most in your life, minimizing the distractions that you have around you and managing your time. I'm so grateful that we've had a chance to get to know one another, even through our conversations one-on-one. Special thanks out to Jamie on your team for being such a great advocate for bringing all of this together. It was truly a profound experience, not only reading your book, but learning from you directly and living out loud what we read and learning day by day and still even with my planner from you. So where can our listeners learn more about the books and your programs so that they can go deeper?
1: Okay, yeah. Thank you, Denise. Can I wrap up with one final thought too before I answer that question? Sure. And I don't want to be sad and any stretch or, or take this to a sad place, but this is the whole point of this. We returned from Peru on Monday, and you know, I was out working in the yard Monday afternoon. I saw some smoke coming up from the highway not far from our house, and I thought, hi, huh, I wonder what that is. So I jumped on the four wheeler and went over and looked at it, and and it looked like there was a car on fire. And I thought, oh man, that's that's too bad. You know, I hope they got out. Probably did. Well, it turns out, and I don't want to take this into a sad direction, that there was a head on collision, and two teenagers from our local high school who had just graduated were killed in that accident. Wow. And there was a mother of another high school student who had just graduated who was also killed, three people total in that accident. And, you know, I really reflected on this. And over the last couple of days, my daughter knew them, and, and you know, it's it so personal in that sense. And the thing about this is, when we talk about do what matters most, this is the real deal none of us know how long we're gonna live for. Tomorrow's not guaranteed for any one of us. We've got one shot at this. And so it's not about procrastinating the things that matter most, it's about showing up at work in ways that we haven't before, that we can be a contributing team member, influential, that we can show up as leaders, that we can show up in our personal lives in those relationships that we have, whether it's parent or spouse, and most importantly, ourselves, because tomorrow is not guaranteed for any one of us. So when we say do what matters most, we take this very seriously. And each one of us, when we say leading life by design, our hope is that we really can show up as the best version of ourselves. And we've just tried to share some tools that will help people do that and give them some processes that will help them do that. So, you know, I want to take that not on the sad note, but on the celebratory note of we've got life to live. Every day is a gift. And so let's use that gift to make the best of it while we have that time granted to us. And so the places that people can go, Denise, is number one, there's an assessment that we've created that will take about five to seven minutes to fill out It's very quick, and it gives people a great snapshot of their life of where it is today. You know, if we say, and generally we know, we're like, you know, I I know internally that I can improve this area, but this assessment is a great objective score of where we are today. And so if you go to bybassessment.com, you can take this quick productivity assessment and it'll give you a snapshot of where you are today. And then we invite people to read the book, do what matters most, or go through the on-demand training, which is about three to four hours of on-demand courses that will walk you through the exact same habits that are in the book. And after applying those habits for four to six weeks, we invite people to go back and retake the assessment, bybassessment.com, and see the impact it's had on your life applying these habits. 100% guaranteed it will have a dramatic improvement on anybody's life. And you know that, Denise, you've been through and you've, you've experienced that. We do these. I mean, we live by them. We've been doing them for 23 years. And so to take the assessment, read the book, or go through the on-demand courses, and then retake the assessment and see what impact they have in your life. And that would really be our invitation, trying to keep it simple. Take the assessment, read the book, or go through the course, implement the habits for four to six weeks, and just see. Come and see what impact these habits may have and, and how they help you show up in other places and really make it personal to you. You know, let it become very personal as it shows up at work, at SAP, in your home life, and in your personal life. And I'll just finish by saying this. For everybody who's listened and participated today, thank you. The fact that you're listening to this podcast, you know, whether in SAP or outside of SAP, says a lot about you, says a lot about your mindset and where you're at. And I wish we could meet every one of you individually. It would be awesome Mm -hmm. if we could do that. Uh, But just knowing... Andy and Denise is a great representation of SAP. What an awesome group of people. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. And we feel like we've got some friends, even though we haven't had the chance to meet you individually. So thank you.
2: No, thank you both. We're really, we're really excited to have you. And I feel like, you know, learning these concepts is is a game changer for me too. I know I've already uh, started pre-week planning and and for those listeners, you better uh, pre-week plan to, to redo what matters most. Um, so kind of apply those uh, those principles that we've learned here. So uh, but I know it's definitely a game changer and it's, it makes me reflect a little bit and see what I might have been missing out on. So thank you for for sharing all of these principles with our listeners and you know the book and, and all the other books that you guys have, have written together. We, uh, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about it with us.
0: Yeah, and I would like to echo um, what you've said. The very fact that you're providing this resource for your associates, wow, that is so cool. It's in the very spirit of helping us all get to a better place. And so a nice going. Big salute to you
3: thank you thanks so much for being here with us and we'll look forward to talking with you again soon and for all of the listeners out there you can check out all of the podcasts on and online on any of the platforms right andy where we have our podcasts
2: yep you can check it out on uh, youtube apple podcasts spotify we we're all over the place so any time you're looking to listen to a podcast we have a lot of great content so be sure to subscribe to let's be real wherever you can and Um, You'll be learning quite a lot. I know me and Denise have just, you know, talking to everyone. So we, we definitely encourage you to subscribe to the Let's Be Real podcast.